One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. Put your flat bags on. Join me home. Welcome everyone, rockin' all week with you, episode 8, the last episode of the discussions of season 1, we are in April and May of 1974, well, you're not, we are in the context of the episodes, and it's exciting, I was actually thinking I might start to call it like season 1 episode 8, so then the next episode will be season 2 episode 1 rather than season 9, I might do that. Or I might not. I don't want to confuse people. I'd hate to start off each episode going, Welcome to Season 5, Episode 3 of Rock and Roll With You Podcast. That's Episode 37. Just That seems like it would be too much. And of course, I don't know that that's what that is. I was making that up. But and that, that's completely wrong. Uh, but you you know what I what I mean. I uh, we're, we're at the end of a season of, of shows. Granted, it's the very short season, but it's still exciting. Ah, all right. Thanks, everyone, for, for joining. Thanks, everyone, for writing in. Um, uh, I'm glad folks seem to be enjoying this. I've, I've been really having a good time doing it. So let us wrap up season one. Wrap up a chicken. We will do that with episode 15, Knock Around the Block. Episode 16, Be the First on Your Block. Two blocks in a row. That's fantastic. Let us dive in. Let, listen to a little bit of this, and then I'll be right back. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, Knock Around the Block, April 30th, 1974, written by Ben Jolson, Art Bayer, directed by Jerry Paris. We've already talked about Barry. Um, ben Jolson was a producer and a writer, and he wrote tons of stuff. I'm looking at it now. It was the last episode I show here. He had a story in Wings, Buddy the Love Boat, Carol Burnett, Good Gravy, um, The Good Life. Was, oh, that's not the uh, the British one. I, I'm sorry, I'm scanning through here. The Jonathan Winter Show, Hogan's Heroes. He wrote several episodes of that. I Get Smart, Dick Van Dyke, Andy Griffith, Gomer Pyle, Comfort 4, Where Are You? Wow, working all the way back to 1960 and Southern Show and Candid Camera. The guy did a lot. And this is his Happy Days episode. And I believe he may have a couple more. And his co-writer on this one is Mr. Art Bear. Basically, Art did a lot of work with Ben, and they did a lot of the same things uh, together. And yeah, uh, odd couples in there, some Partridge Family, the new Temperatures Rising show, Chico and the Man of Jefferson's, a Grady, be it ever so humble. Yeah, and a few happy days. So yeah, that's that's those are the writers on this one. And so let us discuss knock around the block. So this one begins with the gang, uh, well, Richie, Potsy, and Ralph at. Uh, Arnold's and Ralph is pulling the old put your finger on the cotton with 
ketchup around it, you know, in the in the box thing to make you think you got a severed finger gag. I don't know where that gag started. I looked it up. I figure, I mean, I, I know I've seen that gag since I was a kid in the 70s, um, and a very little kid in the 70s. So I figured it was, was it minted circa 1955? I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's, that's, so he they try that on Marsha, and Marsha doesn't fall for it. Marsha gets a couple of fun scenes in this. Uh, she has another one later on where she's trying to, serve them food and ends up drinking uh, one of their drinks which is delightful and as they're doing this the dukes come in led by frankie frankie like milani milana milana and there's um he's got just a bunch of guys with red jackets that say dukes and they think they're tough and there's a shorter uh guy named squirt who is kind of the uh he's he kind of what squirt reminded me of is the um from Christmas Story, you know, the bully in a Christmas Story has that little kid, the toady, who always, hey, come here, you. That's what Squirt kind of reminds me of. So, um, uh, yeah, and that was, that was you know, Christmas Story, you know, set, I would say set around 1940. So that would have been before this. So, so like, big bullies had little toadies for as long as we can remember. I don't care how old they get. So uh, they, the Duke, uh, Frankie and the Dukes come in, and I, I want to talk to a redhead who was in Duke's territory. Yeah, that's Richie. Richie helped uh, uh, Frankie's sister, who was getting bullied by some kids. So he says, "You ever need anything?" Boom, I'm your man. All right, hey, Richie's like, I got, I got, I got Frankie on my side. Mister C knows who Frankie is and is like, "No, he's a hoodlum." Potsy shows up and says, "Oh yeah, Frankie was great until he stole my bike." Now. I thought this was like a joke throughout, but yeah, this is apparently Potsy's bike in it. He has like a nice. He has a good boy bike. It's 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 not like um, it's not like a tough bike or anything like that. It's just kind of um a bike. I thought like earlier in the season they were going after cars and Ralph drives a car and and why does Potsy have such a goofy bike? I I guess we could talk about that later or maybe I can just leave it like that. Why does Potsy suddenly have such a goofy bike? At first I thought it was his sister's bike, but the sister thing is with Frankie. So that's Potsy's bike. Yeah, I'm looking at it right here. It's got a little basket out front, a little squirrel tail in the, in the handlebar. I guess you can have a bike. People have bikes at all ages. I, I just think it's weird that in a season, yeah, where they're like, oh, man, with drag racing, and we got to get a car to take gals out, you know, and, and we can't drive Richie's dad's car around. Suddenly, at the end of the season, it's revealed that Potsy has this goofy, nerdy bike. Mm, okay, there you go. So anyway, they steal Potsy's bike. Richie goes to the pool hall. The Dukes hang out to get it back. Uh, Frankie isn't there, and the other Dukes basically say, no, you're not getting it. You know, you can leave without getting punched. Richie goes to the Fonz for some advice, and the Fonz is like, yeah, if you don't really know how to fight them, you're going to get beat up, make out your will. And Mr. C is like, oh, don't do this. But Potsy and Ralph are going and, and demand to meet up with them, and apparently the football team is going to show up. The Dukes show up, Frankie shows up, Richie Potsy Ralph are there, the mascot from the football team, I believe it's the mascot, is there. Someone related to the football team is there, and suddenly we learn the football team isn't going to be there, and Potsy annoys Frankie to the point where Frankie won't beat up Richie, but he'll have one of the other Dukes beat up Richie. And it looks like not only are they not going to get the bike, but Richie, Ralph, and Potsy are going to get the heck beat out of them and i'll just leave it there spoiler they don't get the heck beat out of them hooray so we're at the end of the first not almost the end of the first season we got one more um episode 
but this one is we we had the um those uh the the uh like the the frat boy fraternity gang whatever the heck that was with egg bagley jr in it from earlier this season uh, the demons with bag yes uh, but they were more kind of like fun loving guys who the chicks happen to like kind of thing why not it's egg bagley jr and bag uh but these guys the dukes are more hoodlums and they do seem, I guess, a bit more frightening. Not terribly frightening, because Frankie, the first time you see Frankie, he's in his coat, his red coat that says Dukes and some strange-looking slacks. And the slacks, I believe, are related to the fact that he is a movie usher. And his favorite thing to do is, like, during the, you know, the, the second feature or late the late show, to go into the balcony where folks are making out and shine his light in their faces. So, yeah, these are... Um, I don't know. I don't know. This is um they're 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 threatening gang they're okay, how about this? They're one of those gangs that Mr. C knows of them and says these guys are hoodlums, they've all had trouble with the law since the day they were born. Do 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 uh so um what was I saying? Oh, so and even the Fonz is like, Oh yeah, you don't 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 mess with them. Although he does call them bananas. Uh, he says something like, Why do you want to fool with them bananas or something like that? Uh, but that you know that that won't stop the Fonz from dealing with them if he has to. But he is worried about Richie and and the gang going up against them, and probably rightfully so. It's what do I think of the episode? Oh, interesting. Thank you for asking. Thank you so much for asking. I like it. I think it's good, but I don't love it. There's no. <sighs> During the final scene with the the Dukes, when it looks like they are going to get beat up before the big spoiler happens that I haven't said yet, there is a bit of tension in it. But, you know, it kind of it has that opening scene where, oh my gosh, they're, who do they want to talk to? They want to talk to Richie. Why do they want to talk to Richie? But there's never a feeling right there of, like, oh my gosh, he's going to haul Richie out and beat the snot out of him. Then when Richie goes to talk to them and, and, and get the bike back, and they're like, oh, yeah, you want this bike? Is this Potsy's bike? Yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, his bike was, uh, I don't know, I, I forget. It's like his bike was red, and this is painted blue. I forget what the colors were. But they just, they've repainted it. And and it's like, but you can see bits of the color coming through there. And look, it says Potsy on the back. I you know it doesn't matter, and they treat Richie pretty bad, even though their boss, I guess, their the head guy, has told them to. I I, I guess that he. I I I I don't know the way these gangs work. Whether it's like if the main guy says, "You can ask me anything," that apparently doesn't trickle down to the secondaries in the gang. I guess, and. Uh, then, then, yeah, sort of, they, they keep stopping it for, you know, Mr. C and Mrs. C cleaning out garbage cans, talking about hoodlums, and then the Fonz giving a little, little talk on, on fighting, and then Mr. C and Mrs. C being, I don't want you fighting him, and things like that, oh boy, and Joni, Joni, go to your room, and yeah, and, and so there's no sort of, oh yes, the Jefferson High Ducks, the Jefferson High Ducks, sorry, the mascot's on the screen right now, um, yeah, the uh, the the Dukes, I, I guess, are kind of threatening. I guess they're, they're sort of, they're kind of as threatening, I guess, as like Biff's uh, um, thugs who are always hanging around with him like in the 50s. Not the 2015 thugs, 
those thugs look like they might be threatening, but the 50s thugs always look like a bunch of dopes who Marty runs into the two and they sort of fall in a very lovely um, sort of diagonal symmetrical fashion. But I guess the Dukes are a little tough. And he, even Frankie, when he comes in with his Usher uniform, he's got a little Usher light. He doesn't seem, um, I don't care, um, put his hair up as big as you want. Have him have him chewing on a toothpick. I don't, I don't feel all that threatened. Now, granted, that doesn't mean Richie, uh, uh, Ralph, and Potsy aren't going to get the crap uh, kicked out of them. And I do like, oh, it's a match in his mouth, not a toothpick. I do, I do like that when they, tr- when his parents try to convince Richie that you know you shouldn't have to fight. You know, think of the United Nations. Think of the way governments can work. Richie gives an impassioned ish speech about that. I, it's 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 an okay speech. He kind of wanders around and he looks at them. And as they're giving the speech, you know that it's not accomplishing anything so it's almost like i get what he's doing it's a sitcom time-honored sitcom tradition to do that but i almost kind of wish since we're no longer since we're not actually in circa 57 58 we're in 74 pretending to be that we could have advanced it just a bit and not done that but overall uh i i like the episode I think the thing that gets in my way is that there will be so many episodes in the future when the Fonz becomes more like a superhero and he and Richie become more and closer and closer where you get more, um, not advanced, but more elaborate and more interesting episodes like this. And uh, I think... This, this, is, this is, to me, this is a test run for, I don't know, maybe we count them, maybe a dozen, ten, eight, six, let's say nine episodes that will come in the future where Richie or the gang, oh, probably more than that, if you count like the that the, uh, the two-part with The Undertaker and stuff like that, go into the future and episodes sort of like this where Richie, Ralph, Potsy, or in some cases like Chachi or Roger or that one guy whose name I never remember or Casey were there no no Casey didn't really have that happen uh, where they're threatened in some way by somebody and then they're saved and they get more elaborate more fun as they go uh, this one I don't know if the ending spoiler the Fon shows up with three of his friends and they scare the Dukes away and it's a really nice moment. Uh, I, I should, hopefully somewhere around here, you can see a picture of like when Fonz and his three buddies step in. The great thing is that he didn't tell his three buddies, we are here to rumble. He said, let's go play some pool. It's on me. And so when they show up, he shows up with these three big guys. The Dukes leave and the Fonz is like, yeah, these guys are here to play pool. Don't, don't thank them for you know averting a rumble. That's not why they showed up. And it's, it's a nice moment. And it's... It's tricky here because we know that the Fonz likes Richie. The fact that the Fonz does this for Richie says to me that he really likes Richie. I mean, I think the Richie really likes the Fonz to like him. And there is a point when the Fonz is sitting in his motorcycle and he's, do I put my mirrors up here or do I put them down there? Well, Fonz, you put them up here so you can see better. Why do I want to see where I'm going? I just want to see how cool I look. And I got a problem, Fonz. No, you got two problems. What's that? The first problem is that I don't care about your problem or something like that. And and so you see the Fonz is like putting up his uh, his front, but uh, he likes Richie. And the fact that he shows up with his friends in the end in a diversionary tactic. He's not showing, you know, like in later times there will be some fights and such. But in this it's specifically he's clever and he shows up 
uh, and maybe, maybe the three guys he shows up with are like, okay, we might have to fight. But the Fonz said we wouldn't have to. The Fonz said we were here to play some pool for free and maybe have some soft drinks, uh, maybe maybe some soda pop. Um, a Fanta? Did they have Fanta back then? Um, probably Cokes. Probably just Cokes and, and Pepsis or, or just Cokes maybe. Um, and the Ralph, do, Ralph does try to use like a, a karate, a kung fu thing at one point during the fight. And no one's convinced. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the thing I like about this is that moment where the Fon shows up and saves the day. Like I said, here he does it in a clever fashion. Sometimes he just shows up and whomps everybody. But I like that, that he shows up here and he shows up in his leather jacket. He's in the other jacket when he's sitting at his motorcycle. But here he's in his leather jacket. It's cool because he would have just got off the motorcycle with his pals. So so to me, this is a template for... I mean, you could, you could argue whether the episodes where things get more kind of cartoonish and the Fonz is more superhero-like... And the Fonz just kind of appears. You know those episodes, if you know the show, or like the where like you you turn a corner, open a door, and there's the Fonz. Like he's been standing there all day waiting for this to happen. This isn't like that, you know. He the Fonz knows when this is supposed to happen, and he gets there about five minutes later just to see how it's going and saves the day. It's clever. It's nice. It's I don't know. Maybe it's the the most clever or, or well written or something of all of these. We're gonna find out as we go. I'm saying no. Um, I like I said. I don't. I don't find a lot of tension in the episode. The the Dukes aren't really that frightening to me. I mean, I I guess that's part of the the thing. You don't want the Dukes to be. You don't want the Dukes to be too frightening. You know this this. Yeah, this isn't like we're not watching like I I don't even know we're not watching Law and Order SVU or something like that. We're not watching something where like a a bunch of punks are going to go in and just do something horrible to people. Um, does that happen in Law and Order SVU? I don't know. I just I just see horrible people doing things to horrible people in that show. And so, but but this clearly, I mean, the the Dukes look tough, but you never think they're going to beat them up. And and but at this point in the show, you don't know that the Fonz is going to step in, which I like. So. I am underwhelmed by the episode, but I appreciate what it is going to lead us to. If this is your favorite of these kind of episodes, then awesome. You, uh, This is so good. It's a fun episode. I'm not, I'm not putting it down. I like it. Marsha gets some good stuff. Everyone, everyone gets stuff to do, and it's fun. And the closing scene where Mr. C puts up like the color screen thing in front of their TV, and they all have to stand behind one another in a pose... What's that pose they're doing? Like, because in order to see the color TV right, they all have to line up one behind the other, kind of looking like, and I thought it was like a Beach Boys cover. You know, maybe like they're all standing, like on pretending to stand on a surfboard, and one of them staring straight ahead. The one behind is to the left. The one behind is to the right. The one behind is a little higher up to the left, that kind of thing. But I couldn't find the Beach Boys picture I was thinking of. What am I thinking of? It's a Beach Party movie. Is it a Beach Party movie? I don't know. I didn't. Look. I do research for the episodes, but I'm not going through every single beach-related thing, especially because this is if this is 58, this ain't beach party time. This is we ain't even in Ghost of Dragster Apollo yet at this point. But that's what it reminds me of that moment where they're all in in the line like that. It's like I know that image from somewhere. Whoever it is who knows and can see it and immediately know, tell me, and I'll correct myself. At the start of uh, season two, in season two, episode one or episode nine, see how clunky it sounds. All right, let us. Let us jump through the rest of the episode. Time-wise, you get Milton Berle mentioned. You hear See You Later, Alligator. You hear Tequila. You hear, I think it sounds like Elvis playing Hound Dog. 
it doesn't look like summer. No one's, everyone's dressed the way they're normally dressed. So I, I can't, I can't say that it looks like summer. So I, I guess I, I don't think, um, I, I don't think this is sort of following on from the, uh, the summer thing that we got a few episodes before, uh, or maybe it is, I don't know, but I, I guess we have to settle ourselves in the fact that this is 57, 58 and the episodes are going to be where the episodes are going to be. And there's no mention of school here because it's just, it's Richie, Ralph and Patsy sitting there. The Dukes show up, and presumably the Dukes do this or dropouts and do this forever, and then it's that plot line, and 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 you know there's not much mention of, there's no mention of school, there's no sign of Chuck except in the closing credits, but it doesn't feel like summer. I feel like if it were summer, there'd be some reference to it, or it would seem like summer. This seems to be in exactly the same place as uh, as all the other episodes were, except the one where they explicitly stated it's summer. So I am, um, I don't know. I don't even know anymore. Uh, spring of 58, fall of 58. Um, we are moving to the end of this season. I, I mean, I guess maybe we jump back to the spring of 58. Who knows? At, the, at this time, it's so up in the air, and they still have that one credit featuring music by and all the all the artists, and some, even though some of them weren't featured here. So I'm going to just take a deep breath and say 57 58 maybe in the second season we will get well we do get a christmas episode so maybe we can do something from the christmas episode unless the second season dvds have changes in the music i then we could be in trouble not in bad trouble no one's going to get in trouble you're not going to get hauled in or anything like that but uh your mind going to yell at you i'm just thinking aloud about when this is and i'm going to stop right here and i'm going to I'm going to scan my Happy Days notes. I watch each episode twice, and I take lots of notes. I'm going to scan my notes one more time and, and come back with anything else on a Knock Around the Block. I got a something almost immediately. I love the old guy. There's an old guy who is in the pool hall, and he is behind the counter until he leaves, and he's basically channeling Sergeant Schultz. Um, do you know where Frankie is? I don't know. I just work here. Hey, uh, the... Uh, I put money in the machine. It didn't give me a Coke. I don't know. I just work here. Sir, could you please help me? These these gentlemen are trying to beat me up. I don't know anything about that. I just work here. So he's kind of fun. I don't, you know, I don't know if we should give him his own episode. I, I guess I, I go that far. Do you want to go that far, damn? I just went that far. But he's okay. You know, he's definitely got his charms. Uh, let's see. We got... Um, Oh, there's an interesting moment where Squirt unplugs the jukebox in Arnold's when it's playing uh, Hound Dog. I do. That's interesting to me that they would unplug it during Hound Dog. You think there would be um, that might be sacrosanct, you know, to, to kind of um, unplug during Hound Dog, but um, I don't know for certain on that. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, the the fonts has some sort of. Um, uh, phrase about like if you can't stake your ground and keep it then you get your nose rubbed in it or something like that that he's going to write on the bathroom wall he's a pretty smart guy as the Fonz you, you get the feeling early on with the Fonz that he is really sort of living in his own world it's all for him he goes in he does his job at the um at the repair shop or, or the body shop's repair shop I guess and I guess they could do body work too uh, and, and, but, but most of the time it's about being cool and it is funny that, like, he has whatever that jacket is. The windbreaker? I don't know what the heck it is. When he's talking to Richie. But then when he comes in the, the pool hall at the end, he's got his leather jacket on. Sort of like, I like to think it's the producers asserting themselves. Like, he looks kind of dippy in the um, 
the windbreaker so we um we want him to be is it the windbreaker that that the other jacket so we want him to be in that darn leather jacket boom all right so what do you have i love the bananas uh see mr and mrs c um having some good chats there yeah and like i said squirt unplugging the jukebox later on of course the fonz will be able to pound on the jukebox and get it to stop and start the pool hall is just generic it just says pool hall in the front of it i like the fact that uh frankie is a movie theater usher there's something about that sort of um someone with absolutely no power who thinks they have power because they have this little light thing and he does annoy the Fonz uh, one night He's, uh, he the Fonz gets mad at Frankie saying you know you shine the light in the face of my, myself and my gal which I like and let's see a little judo the UN story yeah I, th- I think that's about it yeah Marcia gets some nice scenes Joni gets some fun stuff in here too and rainbow sprinkles that's right yeah they shove Potsy's hand into Sunday and someone gets a Sunday with like rainbow sprinkles. Oh gosh, I wonder why. I, 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 where do they call them? Jimmies. I feel like when I was a kid, Jimmies was what you if you had if you had a really little child and you were like, do you want Jimmies on that? And then you hit an age like you know when you when you first wear you know like the kids back in the day when they would i'm wearing my first long pants today you know today someone asked me if I wanted sprinkles instead of Jimmies, and I love the fact that. Yeah, whoever it was, Ralph or whoever, they're so grown up now, they can enjoy sprinkles. So I don't know where I went right there, folks. We're getting, we're at the end of the season. I'm excited. And I just remembered something fun that we're going to do. Not in this episode because I want to keep it under an hour as best I can. That ain't always going to happen, but it, it's been happening pretty good this season. But I have something fun I want to do. I get. Let's go. Let's go on to the next one. Let's go on to be the first on your block. Be the first on your block. Aired May seventh, nineteen seventy four. Directed by Jerry Paris. Written by Richard Morgan. episode of season one everyone be the first on your block i will say that i looked up richard morgan and i couldn't really find anything on richard morgan i i don't maybe we'll find what maybe it'll be a surprise when we hit season two be like richard morgan huzzah richard morgan he's everywhere he's what we want in our life richard morgan but at this moment I know him as the guy who wrote the Fallout Shelter episode that has a slinky in it. And some Baba Love. And Marsha and the gals and Arnold's on roller skates. And Marsha delivering the line, Trust me, Richie, I live with pain and loneliness most of my life. And after a while, you get used to it. This is a dark episode to end the season on. I'm just going to say that and then we'll go into a little plot breakdown. Uh, Edward R. Murrow has done something on the Cold War. I'm not going to do a full-on history of the Cold War here. Look it up. It's crazy. It's the U.S., it's Russia, it's everyone's going to bomb everyone else, and we're all going to die. And um, I'm, I'm not going to... I 
I don't feel like I am the expert on the Cold War that I can go into this, but I would say just look it up. It was just for decades we were poised on the brink of, okay, at any moment someone could push a button and the world would be a nuclear holocaust. I mean, that's, I mean, there's, at suddenly my dog George just started going crazy. My dog George goes crazy because George is a big fan of the Road Warrior and the ripoffs of that, the apocalyptic films. I just watched Stryker again the other day, the Serio Santiago film. I mean, the apocalypse was such a big crazy thing that in the 80s, there was legitimately throughout the 80s a genre, a subgenre of the action film slash sci-fi film era. I wrote a freaking book about the action films of that time, so I've, I've, I've read a lot of these. 80s action movies on the cheap by Daniel R. Budnick. There are a lot of them, and it actually was sort of entertainment, post-apocalyptic entertainment, you know, and, and it goes anywhere from the the absolute craziness of the Road Warrior, or Jesus, isn't Fury? Sorry, but isn't Fury Road such a good flipping movie? I mean, is Fury Road like the best action movie ever? Maybe I don't know, but it's incredible. I mean, I sat there the whole time going, "No, this isn't going to be one long action scene." No, and it's it's incredible. But having said that, that's long after the Cold War ended. The Cold War ended with the the fall of the wall at the end of of nineteen eighties and such. Uh, so, but but this is this is interesting because this is set circa fifty seven fifty eight. The Soviets get the bomb in forty nine. I was it August twenty ninth, forty nine or forty eight forty nine. So by the late fifties, yeah, this is part of it. You get the this veneer of um, the this sort of waspy families and um, living their their nice lives. But there is this thing where at any moment someone's going to push that button and it's going to go crazy. Now it isn't until the early 60s that things go super really crazy uh, with 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 Kennedy and uh, uh, Khrushchev and um, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis and uh, the Berlin Wall being built and 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 all that crazy. Ness, but it still hangs over uh, the era where Norman Rockwell. Uh, well, or was that the forties? But but you know you know that you know what I'm thinking of. You know, like these sort of these ideal shots. You know, of the the Cunninghams in front of the fireplace, and and just you know just uh, this sweet family, and this huge bomb dropping, and everyone is wiped out. And that's the backdrop to this episode. Mr. C decides they need a bomb shelter. He calls it a bomb shelter throughout. But I grew up uh, uh, going to first through sixth grade. I went to St. Margaret Mary's School in Arundel New York, which I don't think is a school any longer. It's at the end of Rogers Parkway in Arundel off of um, off of. Jeez, what is the road? Ah, I don't even remember what the road. Seneca. Seneca, Rogers Parkway, near Titus. You go down Rogers Parkway, you're going northeast, you're going east, you hit the end of Rogers Parkway. Um, if you're walking, you can go through a little gateway and get in the back of a Wegmans parking lot. Uh, but that's, 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 um, my dad's funeral was at St. Margaret Mary's Church. It's a beautiful, almost cathedral-esque church. But St. Margaret Mary's School, where I went to school for first and sixth grade, that would be 79 to 85. And yes, the basement was a fallout shelter. There were fallout shelter signs up everywhere. No one ever mentioned them. No one ever referred to them. But in the center... Okay, let me finish. I'm sorry. I went off... I went off on... It, it's the end of this season. And I'm... I'm uh, and it's such a weird episode, isn't it? I mean, it's... Let me, let me finish the synopsis. Guy named Ernie shows up, tries to sell them a bomb shelter. He doesn't. 
but then he does fallout shelter so then they're setting up a fallout shelter in the back of their house it's a very tiny space that doesn't look like it would fit five people chuck never shows up but he's mentioned comfortably what happens is Richie accidentally mentions the fallout shelter, which they call the bomb shelter, and suddenly everyone wants in on it. So when they're doing their first testing of the space, the Fon shows up with his motorcycle, uh, Ralph shows up with the girlfriend, Potsy shows up, um, Joni isn't allowed to take her pet pan, uh, her pet uh, stuffed panda bear down there, and some, my, in my favorite joke, some weird guy with a pipe who no one knows is just standing in the background waving at them when he needs to. And it's sort of like, okay, get everyone out of here. No one's coming into the bomb shelter. And suddenly Richie doesn't have any friends. And it's like, you're not going to let us in the shelter. Richie tries to bring, at one point, he tries to bring a gal. He tries to bring a gal into the shelter. He does, it, he does a very Richie thing where, like, he wants to go out with his gal. And he says, I have a bomb shelter. Oh, okay, I'll go out with you then if I can get in the bomb shelter. Eventually, Mr. C decides no one is going in there but us. All our friends will have to struggle with um, the destruction of society if it hits. And Joni and Mrs. C and, and, and Richie don't really like this. Richie doesn't really like it because he doesn't have friends. Uh, Joni and, and Mrs. C um, kind of are, are more on the side of, no, we can't lock our friends out to die. But, but Richie gets on board with that. So, well, that's the ending pretty much. Yeah, they don't. They don't initiate this. They don't put in the fallout shelter in their backyard. Uh, you know, I, I talked so much at the beginning about everything. But let me, let me I'll, I'll just go real quick. Arnold has gone to Los Angeles and is making all the waitresses in the parking lot wear roller skates. They get hurt a lot. They fall down a lot. Marsha is very unhappy. Marsha hurts herself. She ends up with like a neck brace on. And that's where at the end when Richie is lonely, she comes in with that line. I've lived with, what like I've lived with, um, uh, like unhappiness, pain, and loneliness all my life. You get used to it. It's like, oh my God, that's so sad. In an episode that is based around everyone expecting a nuclear holocaust, and it isn't full on. It's not. Uh, that's me. That's me thumping on my desk trying to work this out in my head. It's an interesting episode. I don't. Again, as with the previous episode, I don't think I love it, but I quite. I quite like it. I like the darkness of it especially as this would have been 74 i like i like the darkness of it that you know in the end richie says you know dad we took another vote we choose not to survive you know we think that um anything we build that will keep out our friends and our neighbors and our family and make them die is not is not worth it. Nobody's going to win in this. And us staying hidden in this tiny room with uh, and Mrs. C's great moments where that uh, this is here, the living room is here, the door is here, the 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 toilet is here. Oh, that's too close to the door. If people come over to visit, oh, Marion, it's 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 such a yeah, it's a dark, it's a dark episode cloaked in. A goofy name, be the first on your block, which is, you know, an advertising kind of thing. Be the first on your block to do this or have this or have this cool, I don't know, what they, what what would people be in the first on their block to have? Bag of Tostitos chips? I don't know. I, just, I remember when I was about nine or ten, 
Tostitos was introduced in Rondequoit, and someone came by one morning when we had school off from school and put a bag of Tostitos tortilla chips on every doorway on up and down Barry Road. Mark Kawadi and I ran up and down the street stealing everyone's chips. So be the first in your, your block to have the Tostitos chips or this cool lawnmower or a great pool or something like that or... Or whatever. You know, and it's kind of like that mixed with the actual plot itself, which is once everyone, it, it becomes one of the things like, Richie, you you got tickets to this concert? Yeah, I want a ticket too. Wait a minute, Richie, you can, you can get us this deal somewhere? I want that too. Oh, Richie, you're throwing this party? I want to be part of this party. Oh, Richie, you're doing this? I want to be part of this. But this is Richie. Your family's building a fallout shelter so when the bomb drops and rips our faces off, we can be safe if you let us in. Please, do let us in. And there's there's something about and I I don't I don't know whether the episode knows how dark it is. I feel like it doesn't. And I don't mean to end this season on a downer. I forget what the last episode of season two is. I think it's much goofier. I think we might go to Chicago or something like that. There's just something about this where Richie's kind of letting it roll at first, and everyone's like, yeah, you're going to let me in the shelter, right? But then this gal, was it Colleen, or I think, wants to, will only go out with him because he has a bomb shelter, and I don't particularly like her. You know, I made some bad choices with, with um, gals when I was in high school, and, and again, it's, it's impossible to, I mean, everyone's assembled there like it's school time. It doesn't seem to be summer, so I'm not even going to argue. We hear bye-bye, love. I'm not even going to talk about when this takes place, uh, this one. Let's say, just say 58, spring or, or, or autumn, and leave it at that. Although I will say, look at the what's behind Arnold. Like, we're in the parking lot. Whenever it cuts to a, like a shot from someone who's talking to someone who's facing Arnold, there's just like, there's like a building right there. It almost looks like they're on a campus or something, doesn't it? Like, Arnold's is in the middle of a campus. Is that right? Could that be? Is that why? Could that be the high school? Is Arnold's behind the high school? I don't know. Uh, but th- there are like movie posters hanging up that I, I, can't, I can't really see as clear as I'd like to. But Having said that, yeah, Richie gets this gal to go out with him, then make out with him because he has going to have a fallout shelter. I'm trying to think of something I might have got a gal to go out with me for in high school. I couldn't drive until the start of my senior year. Uh, my parents weren't rich. Um, I was very funny, but you can't monetize that. And I know what you're thinking, damn. I've now listened to seven and a half episodes of this show. You're not very funny. Hey, back off. Back off. I'm not Ralph Mal funny, but I do okay. But but that was what, you know, it's like, you, you know, you can't monetize that. And so I'm trying to think of, like, w- Richie is like, I have a bomb shelter when the gal goes away from him. And it's like, okay, Richie, well, God God bless and, and, and carry on. Good, good night and God bless. Richie does go up to Makeout Point or whatever we're calling it this season. Do we call it Makeout Point? I've forgotten what we call it. You you guys probably know better than I do. I I absorb the episodes as I go, and I remember most of the major bits, but I, I don't remember what we're calling that. And, yeah, it's... it's a, I don't know. I, I find the episode more interesting than kind of entertainer. It's almost more of like... I was about to say it could have been an episode of The Virginian if they'd expanded it to 75 minutes, but it's almost more like... It, it's weird because it's about Mr. C wanting the shelter and then the family not wanting it, but then they do want it. 
and then Richie kind of loses all his friends because of it. But then Mr. C wants to continue going with it, even though it becomes more and more unpleasant. And then in the end, Richie has to go out and tell him, you know, we voted to not survive. And, and, and it ends with Mr. C basically saying, well, actually, it ends with um, a thumb war between uh, the Fonz and, and Potsy, uh, which, you know, I guess... Um, yeah, we declare a thumb war, and that's how it ends. And and uh, and it actually ends with yeah, they were going to use their the money they were going to Carlsbad Caverns to make the shelter, but and now in the end they're going to go to Carlsbad Caverns. And suddenly Ralph and Potts are like, "I've never been to Carlsbad Caverns. I want to go to Carlsbad Caverns. Where does that come from, guys? Why is Richie going to take you on his family um, vacation? And does that mean summer is approaching because they're going on a family vacation? I don't know, but." Yeah, it actually ends yeah with a thumb war and that slightly off scene, but but the scene with Mister C and and Richie taking down the the posts that that mark out the shelter, which is looks really tiny to me. I guess the shelters were tiny, but this looks flipping tiny. I can't even imagine. Could you imagine like how many years would you have to be in that shelter? I mean. You know, it's not like I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Re- you know, I'm gonna refer to the Twilight Zone a bit. I ain't gonna refer to Time Enough at last with Burgess Meredith in the safe. I mean, that's one guy in a big safe, and he gets out of there. But the shelter, I'll talk about that briefly in a minute. Yeah, you just see the little space they're in, and it's just it's such a it's it's such a depressing. I mean, the previous episode was about them trying not to get beaten up. This is episode is about the oncoming Holocaust, the oncoming nuclear Holocaust. Thank goodness for trying to keep it funny, and there are some laughs in it, certainly. I, I think Joni is my favorite through this, because every time Mr. C announces a family meeting, she gets anxious and nervous. And every bad office job I've ever worked in my life, whenever they announce a meeting, I just get anxious and nervous, because a meeting generally means something is going to get, like, something's going to get taken away. Joni says, every time we hold a meeting, I get less of an allowance. And the second, like the second time they hold a meeting at the end, she's like, a meeting, I can't, I can't handle this. Can I leave? No, you can't. Okay, you can leave. And, and, but it's like, yeah, I know exactly where Joni is coming. Joni is some sort of moral center to the show that hasn't settled in. Well, even she's like when Ernie, the fallout shelter salesman shows up, he gets everyone's names wrong. His, his bit with, um, uh, Mary and he's trying to guess her name is funny but he keeps calling like Joni like you young teenager you little teenager and kind of charms her yeah the, you know that's 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 Joni I like this episode I just think it's very depressing I think it's kind of a brave episode to do especially to close out a season I mean I mean let's let's look at it now like we're 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 what we're 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 what no let's let's do this first be, before I do anything else I I was going to I I think I've kind of said what I need to say about this episode I just I'm just going to do a quick scan here yeah the pain and loneliness is strange we hear bye bye love they're going to a Bill Haley concert um the Fonz does say he doesn't care about fall shelters live live fast die young leave a good looking corpse that's Nick Romano from knocking any door the shelter Mr. C puts on a civil defense helmet um yeah we got a lot of stuff going on I feel like some of the gals on roller skates were sort of roller derby gals and that's not a that ain't a bad thing and there's a fun bit about Richie getting well maybe you don't find it fun Richie getting very excited about wanting to repopulate the planet and he talks about Carol with that and she just kind of gives him a look so I think he needs to not do that 
anymore. So, uh, so we're, let me just say that in 19, uh, third season of Twilight Zone, the third episode of the third season, September 29, 1961, Rod Serling wrote an episode called The Shelter. And The Shelter comes after uh, Khrushchev and um, uh, Kennedy, John F. Kennedy had troubles and just things were getting worse and the crisis were ex- the crises were escalating. And The Shelter, I'm not going to ruin The Shelter, but The Shelter, this is... This is basically, this Happy Days episode is the comedy version of The Shelter. The Shelter is more, more. I, I, I don't want to go too in-depth, but it's like, a, I think there's three people in the family and they have a shelter. Unidentified things are approaching the U.S. They go to the shelter. Suddenly all their neighbors show up and want to get in and want to get in and things just escalate in a sort of monsters do on Maple Street kind of unpleasant way. And so if you look at First on Your Block as the comedy with hindsight... And Henry Winkler version of the shelter, that I think you're probably pretty on track, and your comedy mileage may vary, and just uh, magnets we attract. It's on the back of a jacket. There, the um, I, I I just I need to say this real quick right here because I will not remember it. And that is in the previous episode. There's a shot where you see a two shot of Richie and Potsy sitting at the booth as Richie admits he was the redhead that the, that that thug had gone to see and you see behind them the back wall the side wall of Arnold's which is wood but then you see the green wall with the pennants which clearly is supposed to be outside there's supposed to be a wall there sorry i just need to bring that up one more time Jerry Paris and his trouble with walls and space um so so that's that's the end of that's the end of be the first on your block the fallout shelter episode i just want to wrap up i just want to have a look what do we got here ratings ratings i just want to look at the ratings real quick and i'm not going to be able to do that i am this season the show pardon me everyone the show was number 16 in the ratings, which is fun because it had 16 episodes, 21.5, uh, so 16, that, that's that's pretty darn good, uh, it's a mid-season show, this was obviously All in the Family, it was at the top here, all, no one was yet beating All in the Family, but, but the fact that Happy Days was number 16 meant that people were interested in watching something else that that wasn't the sort of modern kind of things, let, let me get, let me get, let me get you the top 20 shows. Here we go. Now, All in the Family, let's see, was number one. Oh, The Waltons was number two. I didn't realize that The Waltons hit that. I guess, I guess me sitting around here saying that people were not watching things like Happy Days is, is kind of a incorrect if, if The Waltons was number two. Sanford and Son, number three. MASH, number four. Way to go, MASH. Wow. Hawaii <laughs> Hawaii Five O, really? Hawaii Five O, number five, awesome. Maud, number six. Uh, Kojak and the Sunny and Share Comedy Hour, tied for seven. Kojak, wow. I, it's funny when I read some of these that I don't realize. I, I don't think in my mind that some of these shows got that high. You know, I knew that obviously those the other ones did, but Kojak for some reason, Sunny and Share Comedy Hour, of course, is top of the heap. Um, Great movie. If you ever, if you've never seen Top of the Heap, I recommend it. Number nine ish, uh, Mary Tyler Moore with Cannon. 
11 was six million dollar man hooray six million dollar man so six okay so three so this is the first season of six million dollar man well done mr austin number 12 bob newhart show the wonderful world of disney this was bob 7273 so second season of bob which might be my favorite Second and third are my favorite seasons. 14, the NBC Sunday Mystery Movie. Hooray! Nice. That's a favorite season of TV movies of mine. It's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, what is it? Seven, one, seven, two, seven, two, seven, three, three, seven, four. That's the third season of the Sunday Night Mystery Movie. And that's Columbo, and that's McLeod, and that's McMillan and Wife, and I believe that's Heck Ramsey in its second and final season. All great shows. I recommend them all highly. I don't know, the third season of Columbo is pretty awesome. Uh, number 15 is, for heaven's sake, in its 18th season, Gunsmoke, and then Happy Days. And right behind Happy Days was Good Times and Barnaby Jones. And then we wrap up the top 20 with Monday Night Football and the CBS Friday Night Movie. I'm going to go, I'm just going to go, 21 was the Tuesday Night Movie of the Week. 22, Streets of San Francisco. 23, Adam 12. Hooray! ABC Sunday Night Movie. 25, The Rookies. 26, ABC Monday Movie. 27, Carol Burnett Show. Hooray! And Kung Fu. 29, here's Lucy. Uh, I think a season away from the end, right? And CBS Thursday Movie. Okay, this ain't the made-for-TV mayhem show. But did you hear all the movies that were in the top 30s? I mean, that's like... That that's not a apart from the NBC. Well, not even that. But the Sunday Night Mystery movie was a was umbrella. So you get you get Columbo once a month, and McLeod once a month, and McMillan Wife once a month, and Heck Ramsey once a month. But all those others were were not. They were some. Most of them were originals. I, I think some of them may have been the um, you know showing theatricals. But um, just the fact that so many people watch those, and I'm off on a tangent now that has nothing to do with Happy Days. But TV movies were very popular this season. So yeah, and Happy Days was right there. And I thought, I don't know why I thought this. I thought that Good Times... When did Good Times start? Was Good Times 72, I think? Uh, 72, 73? 73, 74? No, wait. What, I think Good Times was the same time, right? I think Good Times was the... 73, 74? I don't know. I don't know. I th- Good Times is around the same time. I thought it was actually doing uh, was higher than this in the ratings. I'm going off of Wikipedia because Good Times thing will become important in the next season. But I'll, I will wrap it up here. I don't want to go over, over the hour if I can. I'll just say thank you so much, everyone, for listening. The first season of Happy Days. What wh- what did you think of it? I'd love to know what you think of it. Um, Danny Slacks at Yahoo.com. Email me. Uh, you can, um, over on eSuperTrain1, at eSuperTrain1 on Twitter. Or you can go eventually SuperTrain. That's off of my short-lived TV show podcast on Facebook. And you could do something on iTunes, Stitcher, um, SoundCloud. That would be great. I just tell me, tell me what you thought. I know folks are listening, and I, I know you're enjoying. Oh, I hope you're enjoying it. I, what I've heard so far has been good, but I will just say briefly my thoughts on season one is that it didn't get as I remembered the early seasons getting fairly repetitive pretty quickly. This one didn't. This one had a lot of variety in it, which was nice. It did uh, lend itself out to Mister C and Fonz, and sometimes Joni and Mister C and the others quite a bit. Uh, Richie is only kind of. A jackass a few times that will multiply as we go along but it's pretty solid here i was frankly surprised at how little chuck was in the season 
Potsy has these moments at the beginning where he's super connivy, but then as the season goes along, he becomes kind of like a wishy-washy dope. Not the way he was, um, not the way he will be, but but kind of not the way he was. And Ralph goes from being kind of a straightforward guy with his hot rod car to wanting to be a, a laugh riot. Uh, and the Fonz, as I mentioned I, I, in the previous discussion here, yeah, the Fonz clearly likes Richie, clearly likes the Cunninghams. We'll learn more about the Fonz and his lack of family as he goes along. So he's clearly, there's something there that he likes and he clearly really does like Richie. And we'll, we'll go deeper into Richie and, and Fonzie's relationship as we go. But it's... It's just, it's. I thought it was a super fun season. Yeah, there are a couple duds here and there. There are a couple episodes that I didn't get too enthused about. These two, you know, be the first in your block. I find more depressing. Um, and knock around the block wasn't as as great as I thought it would be. But the two before that, great expectations and the best man I loved. So it's it's. I think it's a pretty solid season of show. And I'm looking forward to the first full season the 22-23 I don't even remember now where we are 22-23 episodes of season 2 which we'll be talking about shortly yes 23 episodes see I'm going to take a bit of a break here if you're listening to this in the future I'm recording this in May of 2019 what I'm saying now is going to mean nothing to you but if you're listening to this in May of 2019 I'm going to take about a month off I do have a special treat I am excited about this because I am going to do mini-sodes as we go from now until around like 1982-ish in the episodes. I think in the vicinity of season nine or so. There's a mag- There's a magazine that I love that I've collected. And I'll talk more about this in a mini-sode. But I'm going to talk about an, another response to the happy days. And... I'm going to leave it at that. But but within this month, I'm going to put up a mini-sode with me talking about something fun in a magazine that I love. Um, that is Happy Days related. Yeah, so season two will be coming out soon. And it, season two is 23 episodes. I'll either do it in 11 episodes with all of them being two at a time, one being three. Or I'll do it at 12 with 11 episodes with two each and one episode taking up one episode. And if you know season two, you know that one of my all-time favorite television episodes of anything is in this season. So I'm hoping I can blockbuster it as best I can. So thank you again, everyone, for listening to Rocket All Week with you. Season one, woohoo, episode eight. I thought it was a pretty fine season. I'm interested to see, because we know that the, the format changes so heavily at the start of season three. I'm interested to see if season two can keep this going or whether it does start to get a little stale and feels like maybe it should change by the end. I don't know. I haven't watched season two in a couple of years. We're going to be enjoying it together soon. So let's take a little break, everybody. Take a deep breath. We'll be back. Listen to this. Monday, Monday, happy days. Monday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums. Sky hello blue, there's nothing can hold me when I hold you. Feel so right, it can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long. 
episode eight addenda. We haven't done one of these since the first episode. I thought I'd be doing a ton of these. Musical cues, I mentioned Bye Bye Love. And the other ones are all like the beat up, but up, beat up, but up, wow. Except for the end of the second, I think it's the second family meeting. Joni's in her nightgown and she gets really flustered and goes up the steps. And both Mrs. C and Richie are like, this doesn't seem right to us, Howard. And Howard says, I'm the head of the household and I have to do this. And they kind of storm out. Listen to that musical cue when they storm out and the scene ends. It's tough being the head of the house. And it's completely 1974. I needed to bring that up because... I needed to, and I miss you guys, and I wanted to talk to you some more. I'll talk to you soon, guys. Go listen to that cue, and you'll hear that and go, what? Inappropriate, but delightful.